Hello and welcome to the Hero Life Show. My name is Paulie and today we have a very special guest on the show. His name is Stefan Zavlin. Zavlin, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Uh, Stefan is a, a doctor of physiotherapy. And he is, has chosen a really, really interesting field to step into. And that is really surrounding himself with understanding the importance of standing as opposed to sitting. We may have heard the, um, the saying being bandied around, sitting is the new smoking. And Stefan is going to have a lot of insight into exactly why that is the case and why uh, we should be focusing our attention around standing as opposed to sitting, especially as busy corporate workers and or parents. Stefan, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is this is awesome. I, I know that we're both standing up now as we're doing it. So we're we're energized and we're ready to go. So I hope if, if you are listening, you might want to stand up as well. Unless you're driving, please don't do that. <laughs> Love that. So Stefan, let's talk a little bit about um, your background. Uh, we had an opportunity to just catch up briefly uh, before I press, press record. But um, what inspired you to step into this space? So I... I got my doctorate in physical therapy. Wonderful. Great. I loved interacting with patients. I got people better, but I ended up hitting a couple years down the road, this sort of realization of somebody would come in, they would have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, whatever it is. I do the hands-on therapy. I'd give them exercises. They get better. A year later, they come back and I would go, okay, well, have you done the exercises? Most of the time they didn't. It's okay. I'm not going to tell you do your exercise. You should, but, but that's not the point. Well, what was, what was causing it? And I realized that it was their environment. It was probably either them sitting at the job or something they were repetitively doing that was causing it. And anytime I tried to get them to change the habit or said, hey, could you consider contacting your employer about this? They would go, yeah, that's too much work. I'm not going to do that. And so I realized, okay, this is not going to change it. I am fixing symptoms. I'm not fixing problems. And so that's kind of where I first started and stepped into the space of, I need to talk to corporations about fixing this. Very quickly, I realized that there are people that are telling corporations, hey, people need to exercise and people need to have a better desk setup, which is great. But a lot of corporations say, yeah, we already have somebody doing that. And that's where I understood I, I have to step into the corporation space, but also be that bridge and make sure that I speak to the employees and give them the tools so they can communicate to employers of, hey, how do we change this? How do we make sure that we're not constantly sitting all the time, impacting our posture, impacting our, our muscles and all that as, as they break down, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into. But that's really what kind of drove all of that as the decision making went on through kind of structuring my business and everything. Yeah, I love that. And uh, there are so many uh, people that are listening to this show right now in this podcast who either are in the corporate space or uh, they sit at their desks purely because we are now in, an, in a culture that breeds um, uh, sitting in front of your computer and laptops are, generally speaking, our computers of choice. And I'm sure we'll get into the ergonomic lim limitations when it comes to using a laptop themselves uh, as opposed to a desktop. And we can go through that. But you don't need to be a corporate worker for this information to be relevant to you. So many of us, if we are living in a modern world, are going to be run by uh, laptops and or uh, iPads or whatever it might be. 
Absolutely. I, actually, there is a subset of, of my audience that I talked to about this that are solopreneurs that are out there trying to do it for themselves. And so many of us now understand that we have to be on whether it be you're trying to be on social media or anything like that. You're doing all that through digital devices and you're going to most of the time be sitting for any of it. So it applies to so many of us. And before anybody says, okay, I know what he's going to talk about. He's just going to tell me to move more and everything. I don't think that's the solution necessarily. We'll talk about what the mindset switch is and how it's a little bit different, but don't worry. You'll still get to use all your devices. You'll get your work done on time. It's nothing completely unrealistic. It's very doable and practical, the things that we're going to be talking about. Love that. So let's start, let's transition to that, okay? Let's get practical about this. There are so many people here that are, uh, want to uh, have their bodies moving in a much more um, kind of systematic, effortless fashion because as we start to age, as the stresses step into our lifestyle, as um, our families grow, we just feel like there is less opportunity for us to move in a in a more fluent manner. So let's 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 get practical about this. Um, if I am a a person who is sitting in front of my desk for six to eight hours a day, and then I get into my car, I get drive through on the way home, and I sit in front of my TV for the next two to three hours, and then I go to sleep. What is that doing to my body and um, how can I take practical steps to actually step out of this? I love the way you formulated that question because it, it gives us the steps of kind of the hours and the timeline of what happens throughout the day and how that has the long-term effect on us as we sit longer and longer for weeks, months, years, and years. So the idea is, and the beauty of it is a lot of this research is Australian-based, so everything over there, it's so much ahead of what other people are doing. But Aussies. Uh, yeah, Aussies, uh, six to uh, six hours or more is where we're seeing increased anxiety and depression. So already you're, you're hitting in, if you're sitting at your desk, the vast majority of your day when you're working and you're working a typical eight hour day, all right, increase the risk of anxiety and depression at eight hours or more. So that's your commute and things like that, that you're adding in you're adding in a doubled risk of cardiovascular disease, which at least in the States was still the number one killer, even with the pandemic going on. So it's, it's a major problem. The good news about that, before we get to the final stat of it is both of those, if you include enough exercise, reversible, that's fine. So we can counteract some of it there, but then you get to the 11 hours or more marker. And that one is the one that's been linked to the sitting as the new smoking kind of, um, tagline. So sitting 11 or more hours increases the risk of premature death by 40%. Wow. It's huge. Now it's not as if you sit and you die from sitting. What it is, uh, is that the uh, likelihood of comorbidities and things like diabetes and cardiovascular disease increase to such a degree that it really has a huge impact. And the shocking part about that statistic isn't unfortunately, the 40%. It's that when they checked for exercise, it didn't reduce the risk. Mm. So it's not about moving more and exercising more. It's really about sitting less. And then we need to reduce the amount that we're sitting. Because if you're sitting 12, 13, 15 hours a day, which desk workers are, if you go to the gym one hour, that's not enough. You're, you haven't really reduced it. It's great. Exercise is fantastic. And we should have a good exercise regimen. But that's not enough. We need to reduce the amount that we're sitting. So the immediate question, as you asked, 
how in the world do we reduce? How do we break it down by four, five, six hours of less sitting? So I usually go with kind of a two-step process here. The first one is very actionable, very easy. The main thing you have to do initially is break up how much you're sitting at a time. And this is where all of you exercise buffs are going to get super excited. So at about 20 minutes or so of sitting, we have gene expression that starts muscle breakdown. Before anybody freaks out, it doesn't mean muscles start to break down. It's more along the lines of your body starts to think about maybe breaking down muscle. So it's, it's very preliminary there. At about 30 minutes or so, we're having reduced amount of fat that's being used as fuel. And then on top of that, reduced amount of um, blood flow to the brain. So this is where your productivity and then your ability to actually burn fat drastically falls. So now if we're sitting more than 30 minutes, that's where we're persisting with all of that kind of stuff. So every 20 or 30 minutes, you need to get up and do something. Now, this is the part where people have issue. Do I get up and do I do a stretch? Do I exercise? How long do I do it for? The studies show about two minutes of walking around is great, but that's not practical because you can't constantly get up and move and walk around every 30 minutes, especially if you have a meeting for one hour. So what I recommend is one of two things. First, if you're the type of person that sits for three, four, five hours straight without getting up, don't start at 20, 30 minutes. Start at every hour. Start at every hour and a half. Whatever is a doable thing for you. And the second is pick a task you were going to do anyway. So maybe that's getting some water. Maybe that's going to the bathroom. Maybe that's grabbing something from the printer. If you're working remotely or working at home, you do a chore. That's what I like to do. So you're going to have to do it anyway. And it gets movement in and breaks up the sitting. I actually have a little list of things that I'm going to do. So that way, as soon as I get up, I know the thing that I'm going to be doing. And it's not a, uh, do I feel like doing this? Do I want to, you get the decision-making out and you're ready. So that's sort of that step one, break up your sitting and make sure you're doing some sort of movement. But if you're scared by the two minutes, even if you do 10 seconds or 30 seconds, it's so much better than just sitting for hours and hours and hours. Start small, build up from there. And that's where we get to the second piece. Because breaking up sitting and adding in a couple minutes here or there, that's not going to cut down the hours. So the biggest thing that you can do, the most impact is start finding what are the things that work? What are the tasks that you can start doing in standing instead, right? And Paul even said, he said, we're, we're doing a lot more standing. What can you do that isn't going to really strain the task? Great examples are, I love to pace when I'm on the phone. I've always liked to do that. That's easy. Standing up for Zoom calls. I promise you, probably nine out of 10, if not more people never notice that I'm standing up for all my Zoom calls. So if you're worried about people thinking something weird, it's okay. I don't have a standing desk. I put my computer up on a pile of books. You don't need any special equipment. It's very, very doable in that sense. If you have a counter, maybe there's an email that you need to send or a spreadsheet that you need to do that takes 10, 15 minutes. Great. From now on, anytime you have to do that specific task, you do it at the counter. So it's not hours of sitting that you're doing. You're starting off with 10, 15 minutes of, of standing that, that you're, you're kind of shifting to. And gradually, we build that up. And eventually, your workday and workflow just includes standing. You're not thinking about it. You're still doing the exact same work you need to do. But now, you've drastically reduced the hours and hours of sitting. So that's kind of that long, long-term effect. That's, that's really, really uh, rich in practical information. And uh, there's a couple of things I want to touch on there uh, that, that really are quite resounding and they're resonant of the HERO program. And that is that 
you are using a practical approach of being able to build this up slowly in a non-intimidating fashion because so many people are, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're intimidated and they're scared of change and extreme change. So if you're able to do this and understand that making a long-term change can be a series of really, really small steps that over a longer period of time, the compound effect of that can be life-altering for yourself and your family. But also understanding that we in this modern era have this obsession with uh, compartmentalizing parts of our lives. You know, exercise is to be done at the gym um, throughout a 45 to, uh, to 60 minute exercise class. And then we sit on our ass for the rest of the day, you know, uh, which is, which is a really, really um, common uh, thing. And when you say it out loud, it's like, you, you know, this doesn't make a great deal of sense, but if you can, inject movement throughout your day exactly what like what you're saying Stefan all of a sudden your body can start to respond to the effects of this and this is something that we're really really big on in the hero program it's like how can we be practical about moving the body and the mind throughout the day in a way that is not going to be time consuming it's just looking at your day in a different way and your work situation in a, in a different in a different way. When I'm speaking and taking meetings, if I'm able to, I am walking around the block taking meetings. I've set up technology to be able to take notes as I'm walking around the block, getting vitamin D, getting um, oxygen into my lungs and being able to be as productive as, and efficient, dare I say more productive and efficient because I'm getting the benefits of uh, my environment out there. So I love what you're all about there, Stephanie. You're hitting on so many things and that's the beauty of it. And I think as we're seeing more and more of this shift for people being able to work remote and now you're a lot more in control of your environment, it, it makes things uh, that much easier. And I love how you talked about this idea that we tend to put things in boxes and we do this here, that, there. And that's that's an issue that we have everywhere. So in, in the work culture side of things, we tend to treat, oh, this is a worker, but they're not maybe entirely a human being. So for mental health and physical health. And I really, that's my, my biggest wish is that if we could just stop uh, always compartmentalizing it all and just, you know, treat the human as a whole, because, you know, that's always funny thing that I found with the idea of life work balance is, well, work is part of life. Life is the entire thing. It happens to us every single day, all day. Why do we have to balance those two things that it really should be incorporated in it? Yeah. 100%. And, 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 you know, I know I've heard you talk about in the past about setting up your environment to be able to be a, um, a positive influence on your uh, behavioral movement, etc. Like I know i for example, do I have a standing desk? I have um, right at my office, I have a pull-up bar and I either use it for doing pull-ups themselves or for doing hangs on a daily basis to be able to alleviate that, that, that kind of compression in my spine. And there are so many things that you can do and set up around your working environment to be able to um, not just benefit your mind, but your body. And you talked about you know, uh, creating small breaks for yourself. And it reminds me of the Pomodoro technique that uh, probably came up, uh, I think it was around the 50s or, or, or thereabouts. Are you familiar with that? And do you want to, would you like to talk to that a little bit? 
Uh, I, I can. The, the Pomodoro, and it's really been over the decades, it's shifted to how people use it. I believe the general is 25 minutes on and then five minutes off of doing something completely else, which look at that. It fits right perfectly in the 20 to 30 minutes of sitting and then you get up and, and you go do something. Uh, I agree uh, with some of the skeptics that can say that it, it can take you anywhere from 23, 27 minutes to focus back in on a task if you've been disrupted. And so they say, well, if I do the 25 minutes on, I, I'm just barely getting on, on task there. If you are of that belief system, that's perfectly fine. I think we're all going to work a little bit differently. Then that's where I urge you change the task. So try to do the task in standing. So mm -hmm. then you don't ever have to worry about it. And then maybe you do a task in standing for 45 minutes and then you sit for 25 minutes and you, you kind of shift it uh, the other way around and, and that can help. But as far as focus, you actually said something really, really great earlier as well. Getting up and walking definitely improves productivity. It's been shown. If you want a complete sort of reset of the mind in that sense, 10 minutes of walking is that's all you really need. You don't need to go for half an hour walk or anything like that. It's great if you do, but if you just want to do a 10 minute, that's always great. Fantastic. And, and I loved what you touched on before about, um, uh, you know, having a list of chores or housework that you can do. And so many of us are still working uh, because of this cultural shift that has happened uh, with the pandemic. Um, so many of us will continue to work from home, at least for part of our work week. So to have a list of chores that you can contribute to your family and let's say your partner does come home and all of a sudden uh, you've been giving to your, to your mind and your body and you've also been giving to your family and your partner comes in and goes, well, what's, what's going on here? It's like, well, I've been being healthy actually and uh i've also been doing the housework which is awesome it's a it's a great way of flipping the switch and thinking chores need to be a burden on my 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 schedule rather than it's actually contributing to my schedule because i'm going to when i come back i'm going to be more productive in my work task and i'm also giving to my body and my mind oh that's you you just said something also beautiful in there and this is something i try to give people because Okay, let's be let's be realistic here. Do I love taking out the trash or doing the dishes all the time? No, of course I don't. None of us love it 100% of the time. We're tired and things happen. I I am lucky in the sense of my mindset and and looking at it that way that I go, "Oh, I get to do the dishes because I haven't really moved around a lot today and now this actually is a little bit of a physical workout." It's obviously still doing the dishes, but I get to move a little bit more. And when it comes down to it, you said doing something for your family, figuring out that deep, deep why, because a lot of times we have the surface why of, okay, well, why do I need to move? Because it's good for me. Okay. But why, why is it good for you? Why does it, why do you need to do things that are good for you? Well, I want to be able to take care of my family. Why do you want to take care of your family? I, because they love me and I love them. Okay. And what does that do for you? For me personally, if I had to answer it, being loved makes me happy, makes me feel accepted. I have the freedom to be who I am. So now I use that core part and go, okay, I'm taking out the trash because I know that it's going to free up my schedule. I know that it's going to make me feel loved by my significant other. So that is the deep, deep motivation. Does it work every single time? No, but it can really help you through those tough times when you really don't feel like moving to have that deep, deep motivational part of it. I love that. I love that, Stefan, because you and I have been working in the human service space for an in, for a long time, uh, both of us. And we, we work 
on the physical, but if when you're working with a human being, you are always working with the personal and what drives them to take action in their life. And if you don't continue digging into the why, the, the, the actions that they take are not going to be long-lasting and, effect, and in a positive effect. So I love that you talk about digging into the why because that is the only way that um, I found in my experience of being able to, to coach my clients to be able to get long-term effects. You must always come back to the why. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to say, um, you know, I have to, to, to flip the script and say, rather than I have to do the dishes, I get to do the dishes because of all the positive things uh, that they have. And, you know, some people might be, oh, that's a little bit of lip service, isn't it? But, but, but is it? Like all you're doing is, is you're creating uh, a reality for yourself that is, and your family that is going to be a beneficial reality as opposed to a toxic reality. So I love what you're talking about there. To your point of, of the lip service, I, I completely understand that people might be skeptical around on that, that whole part. And the only thing I say to that is try it for a prolonged period of time. Don't try it once and go, yeah, that obviously didn't work. Actually try it, implement it, do it for a week, do it for a month, then come back. When you've given it good effort, then come back and say, nah, that didn't work. It doesn't do anything for me. I, I promise you you're going to find something there. And maybe it'll be a slightly different angle. Maybe your why and your why should be actually different than mine. That's okay. Yeah. It, it just does. It, it works. That's why it's so beneficial for so many people. And it works because of validation. You get validated um, because you're contributing to your environment and your reality, but you'll also get validated by uh, the, the, the reception that you get from your family and those around you. It's like, there is not much downside for you to, to you contributing to your family and creating a positive, um, constructive angle to it as opposed to a woe is me angle to it. Absolutely. And we are talking about these kind of big subjects in, in, in this sense. Please understand, guys, these t- this take a long time. Um, it's, it's not as if the one time that I go do the dishes and I go, I get to do the dishes. That's it. That changes my entire life. It's a process. It's shifting the entire thing. It's kind of what I was saying about the sitting. You don't start with reducing your sitting by five hours and having that drastic shift. It's a slow, small buildup. And then eventually, as you go down the road, you go, oh, wow, I've really changed so much since however many months ago or weeks ago it has been. It's gradual because the way that we got to this point, wherever we are in our fitness journey, in our mindset journey, whatever it is, it's been years and years of input of something else. A lot of times it's sitting for hours and hours and hours on end, for example. Uh, spot on. And, you know, I, I, we both touched on this uh, earlier, and that is um, don't underestimate the, the, uh, the, the long-term effects of small uh, contributions that you can make on a daily basis. And that's that, it's that whole um, mindset around compound interest coming later on, you know, small contributions that you can make to yourself and your family. It may only take two, three minutes of your day on a, on a daily basis. But the effect that that will have over time is significant, really significant. Absolutely. So, so sorry, I just wanted to, to, to touch on um, the, the impact that you said uh, sitting and prolonged sitting does have. Let's look at it from a slightly different perspective now and let's look at uh, the impact that 
you can have on your your body and your mind when you do stand okay we've looked at the uh the darker side of potential future let's look at the brighter side what what could happen when you start to transition more into that standing and walking Great. So there are a couple of caveats that I have to say. Um, standing is not all of a sudden a complete solution to all of this because we don't stand a lot. If we sit for 15 hours and we've been sitting for 15 hours and let's say we sleep for eight hours. So that's that's 23 out of the 24 hours. If we've been doing that for years and years and years, we're not great at standing. We haven't gotten really good at standing. So if you think that all of a sudden you're going to stand up and you're going to be able to stand for two hours and it's going to feel fantastic on your low back, even though you might be overweight, small steps. Remember, that's what we're going with is start small. Now, as you're standing, first of all, you're not sitting. So you're immediately breaking up all that sitting and you're not having the negative effects. You're having way better blood flow. And because of blood flow, that's blood flow to the brain as well. So there's a lot more clarity postural muscles, so all those wonderful core muscles that we go, oh yeah, let's do six pack abs. They're being worked or at least stimulated. Whereas in when you're sitting and the chair's holding you up, no, sorry. Um, I will say that if you lean on your desk, you are reducing that a little bit, but still better than sitting. Um, the other tiny caveat is sometimes uh, people ask me about stools or a specific stool called a perching stool that mm -hmm. sort of sits up higher and puts you into an almost standing position, but your butt still kind of rests on it unfortunately, those show the same kind of effects as prolonged sitting because you're really not using the muscles. Got it. It's better than completely not because it's getting you in the habit of being in an upright posture. You have to set up your computer and everything in that upright posture. So definitely better than not doing it at all. But from a physiology standpoint, it doesn't seem to, to really change. So standing definitely helps with that. Unfortunately, not a whole lot more calories are burned when we're standing. It is more, but not as much as people think, oh my goodness, I'm going to start losing weight as a result of it. You do need to add in some small little movements um, if you really want to get a calorie burn from it. And that's fidgeting. We can discuss that. That's a, that's a whole interesting side as, as far as fidgeting cool. is concerned. Um, but with standing, since you're getting all of that uh, blood flow and everything, the other huge thing is when we sit, our hip flexors get really tight because they're in that shortened position. Now, when you stand, you're stretching all that out. So most of the muscles that get tight when we sit are now getting elongated when we stand. Mm -hmm. So now, wonderfully, it's reversing all of that muscle shortening, which makes your workouts, your walking and everything else that much more comfortable for your body and accessible. So those are just some of the few fantastic benefits of standing. That's awesome. Uh, something just came to my mind. You know, there's been a, a over the decades, there's been a, a bit of a, an influx of footballs in front of uh, computers. What's your take on those? Sure. Uh, better than nothing. But the issue that happens there is a lot of times people will get them and they go, oh, I feel great. I feel wonderful. Then they get into their work and their posture. Uh, it just it's forward. It's awful. It's terrible. And when you're in a chair, one of the things when I talk about setting up your chair for seated work, because I, like we said, you're not going to reduce your sitting drastically. So we have to understand how to sit in the most supported and comfortable way is that you have to use the backrest of the chair. It's there to help you. And we should definitely use it. When you go onto a ball, you have no backrest. So you're asking your core muscles, which you're trying to train and use, and that haven't really been used for all those years you've been sitting with a backrest to all of a sudden do what they're supposed to do when they're not strong enough. So I'm not against them, but if you're trying to use them as a permanent solution to sitting, it's not necessarily going to work as much. Again, you're still being supported. Your legs aren't doing as much of the work. 
it's great to practice movements. It's great to keep in your office to break up. So if you don't want to uh, do standing work, great, break up some of your sitting with a yoga ball session, but don't use it as a permanent chair solution. Got it. Stefan, why don't you take me through what your uh, average day uh, looks like when it comes to movement? Because you're obviously a busy guy. You're going to be sitting in front of you. You do a lot of uh, online consults, et cetera. So I'd, I'd love to know a little bit about um, how you navigate your working situation. Sure. Uh, so for me, by the way, the number one thing as far as if I look at an exercise plan for myself, Movement is the number one thing. It's movement, not exercise, but movement. So when I wake up, it's movement. It's, it's getting up and doing something. Uh, it's gotten a lot colder and sometimes I don't like doing my morning walks. So for those of you that are like me and that go, well, it's, it's a good bit below freezing. I don't feel like going outside at five in the morning. Um, I actually dance. I just put on some music and I dance. It's a great cardio thing. And it's just getting some sort of movement and getting the heart rate up a little bit. We're not talking about running. We're not talking about hit, but just getting the heart rate up a little bit, 20, 30 minutes, first thing in the morning. There's, there's also big, usually some mobility stuff. There's a big correlation between dancing and longevity as well. There's been some studies out there as well. And I think, I think there's been some studies around the blue zones as well. Gets all those dopamine, happy endorphins. Um, uh, absolutely. Obviously, it's your relationship with dance, but it's you, you're drawn to it. So it's great that you do that. Yeah. And uh, if... If that's the first time you've ever heard of the Blue Zones, people, you need to get that book, read it. It's so wildly uh, interesting about how we need to change our lifestyle, not just around movement, but around other things. Uh, but great book. So right. then m- most of the time I'll either do, I'll try to motivate myself because I found this interesting correlation for me for habits. If I start the one little step that I may not want to go outside and go for a walk, if I just put my shoes on and then just start doing a little bit of a stretch, that will usually cascade into the next step, next step until finally I'm out the door and it feels a little ridiculous not to just finish the entire exercise. After I've walked, I usually end up doing a strength training session because I found I get those out of the way first thing in the morning. Great. I don't worry about them for the rest of the day. Um, Sometimes I wait, but usually I'll just get it all done. Then it's onto actual work. And for work, if it's a Zoom call or any sort of video call, I'm standing. And I can usually tell how my back feels by how many Zoom calls I've generally had. The more Zoom calls, the better my back feels, um, unless I'm just, if I'm sitting all the time. Luckily, also, I have to film a lot of content for talks, courses, social media, all that kind of fun stuff. Standing, all standing. Um, And that that really helps because I'm constantly moving around. It doesn't mean I don't sit. Usually when I'm doing anything on the computer (laughs) that requires typing, I do sit down for that. But again, I have my little checklist. And I've gotten to the point where I don't set a timer. I'm pretty good about knowing, okay, it's been about 20, 30 minutes, and then I'll get up and, and, and go and do the thing. And usually I wait until I finish a task that is about 20 to 30 minutes and then go do it so that I'm not breaking up the task in the middle. Uh, in the evenings, most of the time we go for an evening walk with my wife. It's a nice way to de-stress. I actually have a different pair of shoes that I wear. They're my, the work is done pair of shoes. And so it just it resets the mind and it feels nice. And they are the most comfortable pair of shoes that I own. So it, it really, it, it helps. And so I can completely de-stress and then I'm done. And it, it depends. Sometimes even in the evening, if we're watching TV or anything like that, I can't sit still. Uh, so I end up usually doing some mobility stuff on the floor or anything like that. I don't expect everybody to do it, but even just having a little standing station or something like that, where you can be at the counter while watching TV for a portion, 
that helps. And then it's a short stretch right before bed. That's it. Love it. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. A couple of things I want to touch on there. First is the um, stretching in front of the TV. I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Like you said, it's not going to be for everyone, but um, if you are going to sit down and, and watch TV, which I have no, no issues whatsoever with, um, rigging your environment to be able to invite something that's that's good for for your body is just going to be such a great thing to be able to do you know like so many of us have this kind of our bundy-esque assumed pose on the couch you know that doesn't need to be that way like just simply um being into a couple of uh, you know leaning into a couple of static stretches while you know passive stretches it doesn't need to be all that dynamic or anything uh of the like it's you know it's that end of the day type of stretch where you can really, really calm your body down can be a really great solution to be able to do that. And going for a walk with your, with your partner around the block, if you have the the ability to do that, that's so good. What kind of shoes are you wearing for these magical, comfortable shoes? Uh, They're called Kohans. um, And they're basically like almost like a dress shoe with a sneaker sole. Um, and those are the ones that I used to wear in the clinic. They are, they are a bit pricier, but after I, somebody turned me on to them, that's it. And there's, I can't remember the exact model number, but there's this one model that I just, I've tried others and I go, nope, this is the one for me. I like it. I can't do anything about it. I have like two or three pairs of them. Um, so yeah, my other point is if you're feeling like I, I'm not going to get down on the floor, I'm not going to stretch. I'm watching TV. I don't want to do this. If you enjoy a beverage with your TV watching or popcorn or any kind of snacks, Reduce the amount that you're taking with you. I'm not saying eat less. I'm saying reduce. So maybe if you pour yourself a cup or if you take a portion of of a beer or a soda or whatever it is, go a third. And then you just have to get up to get more. So now all of a sudden you just broke up the sitting just to get a little bit more soda. You didn't have to add in any specific stretching. Even that can help ever so slightly. It's a great technique. Yeah, I like that. That's a good strategy. Well, look, Stefan, you have been a wealth of knowledge and your, your insight into... Um, creating intervention into the human day as opposed to compartmentalizing what it is that we do throughout our lives has been enlightening. And uh, I want to thank you so much for your time and the, the, I I know the benefit that you you're going to give to the listeners. Um, Where can we find more about what it is that you do? I believe you have recently worked on a TED talk. Is that right? Correct. Uh, it's still in processing by Ted, but that should be out shortly. Uh, it'll be called Move More, Sit Less. Um, I have a book that's called Sit Less. If you just go into Amazon and go Sit Less, Stefan Zavalin, you'll find it. It's got a way longer subtitle, but Sit Less, Stefan Zavalin, you'll find the book. And I'm on most all social media platforms. Uh, I'm most prevalent on Instagram if you're wanting to find specific, if you like the information, you just want to get more. And if you really want to delve into all the stuff that I do, Go to ltmmtl.com and that's where you kind of can see all the other stuff, videos, blog articles and stuff like that from me. And I believe there's a link to that through your personal uh, Instagram page as well. That's correct. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you once again. Uh, I'm going to uh, take a lot of what you have said and implement it throughout my day as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure.